1: Hello and welcome, welcome, dear listener, to another episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by
2: JD Short. Hello, everybody.
1: Hello, (laughs) hello, JD. How's it going?
2: Yes, going all right. You know, um, I think I said I just before we started recording this podcast, um, I had spilt coffee all over everything, so it's a bit of. Ho- hoping that everything goes all right, you know. Just uh, coffee and interfaces don't mix. Yeah. Uh, yes. Know? It's. Uh, um. Yeah. It, it's been. Uh, this has been a rough one, dear listener,
1: <laughs> for JD and I to get. JD, it's your first episode back. It's. Uh, yeah. it's, it's. It's. Where were we on episode four? Episode four, four in season five. Um. This week's episode, dear listener, is going to be. Uh. On the title is clones, copies, replicas, and reissues. We're going to be talking around a lot of our favorite. Um, yeah, our favourite clones of things that have uh, that have come out recently, and uh, and and our demo of the week is going to be inspired by that as well. We'll get onto that shortly. First of all, I have to. Uh, this this is. This is our second go at recording this, uh, this podcast the it's, next day. Dear it's, our, it's our
2: own reissue. Yeah, uh, a reissue
1: <laughs> of an unre- unreleased pedal. So Exactly. Yeah. This is in many ways our clone of the episode that we successfully <laughs> recorded yesterday. So when uh, JD and I um, uh, got on the, on the audio call, Yesterday to do this, dear listener, J.D. had just, as he said, just spilt a cup of coffee all over his computer and interface. And we had to spend a sort of solid 45 minutes with J.D. like rummaging around to find other interfaces, other mic uh,
2: options. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone would be surprised to know that I have multiple interfaces. (laughs) Like I'm currently looking at three. So, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. And uh, we 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 ended up having to like restart the session so many times just because trying to get the uh the the we we use a platform called Zencaster dear listener for this. Trying to get it to recognize all and change all the new interface settings is a little bit a, a little bit of an effort uh, with this platform. And by the time we got it working, I didn't realize that it had reset all of my audio uh, settings to just be uh, uh receiving my MacBook Pro microphone. So this morning when I came to edit I had I had my audio just yeah. being a, a a MacBook Pro laptop mic and uh JD had actually settled on using like a gaming headset with a with a little mm. microphone on it and I was I was just yeah. like oh I, I I, I gave JD a shout, and I was like, "Can we just can this, we try again? <laughs> this
2: this is for you, dear listener. This <laughs> is us us doing another. I mean, the thing is, like, you think about we do the the main the main pod, and then the Patreon episode, and then." Also, because we're mates outside of this, we have about forty-five to an hour's worth of chat just generally happening around yeah. that. So it's you know, it's it's a solid three hours or so of us like actually sitting down and talking that mm. you know, we're happily going to do again. You know? <laughs> yeah. and like, well, we'll see. We'll
1: see. We'll see how many of these uh the points that we uh that we cover again. Uh, before we get into the main topic, I'm getting very excited because we are uh we are now almost exactly slightly less than a month away from the Birmingham guitar show or the guitar show (laughs) as it's called dear listener, which is great because NAMS happened. NAMS finished. We've had all the rigmarole about that. I didn't get to go. Neither did JD. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about the, the the guitar show is the biggest UK one.
2: Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it certainly felt like the biggest uh, for me. Like it's the one where like last year when we went, it, it was certainly the one that had probably the most manufacturers there, yeah. as well as as well as a lot of shops and you know things. And it's it's such a it's it's so different than Nam because it's yeah, it's course. much more of a you can pick up and play sort of stuff. And it's not like a closed trade show like Nam is theoretically and yeah. and everything else. And um and it's just really fun. It's just really fun to see to see everyone it honestly has a lot of the same vibes as Nam without being without being super weird and sort of American about everything, where I always think about it as like quick story. Just I, I used to I used to I lived in New Zealand for a while. And they used to show Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay, but they would show it like the Big Brother, like After Hours sort of thing, where it's just like an open feed. So there's no none of the production value and everything. And then when I came back to the US and started watching like Hell's Kitchen just on you know, regular television. It was, you know, every every sort of lead in and outro of the like ad break was just like, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> it's like this giant like everything being super over the top, all over the place. And you're like, this is really off putting after not having been here for a bit. Or, or the other relevant thing for this week, at least, is um they did the same thing with like the Super Bowl and the playoffs because I you know, I'd watch playoffs like Monday mornings um nfl playoff games and they had a a shot from a, a blimp up above the stadium so the Goodyear blimp in the us and it was because in new zealand they don't have nearly as many ad breaks they just cut to like <laughs> the footage up from the blimp just sort of like circling the stadium and it was really surprising how much is just mostly commercials when you're watching right <laughs> so, well yeah, yeah. Yeah, the I mean the the thing about like the Birmingham show
1: tends to also have a lot of small brands. I know you get lots yeah. of small brands at NAM, but I feel like everyone's trying to present a very, very sort of professional his it's very slick now. Yeah. Birmingham's a a little bit more sawdust on the floor. Yeah. Um, which which I'm a big fan of. Also we were we were talking to uh, a lot of our – or we put something in the in the Facebook group, the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. JD and I are going to be there from Friday night. If you want to meet up, come and hang out, have a beer with us on Friday night, that will be lovely. Or, you know, the Saturday night will obviously will be around then. But if you are in the UK and you're traveling to the Birmingham Guitar Show, get on the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook, find that thread and let us know. I'll message on there saying what pub we're in, I guess, when we get there on Friday. I think we're going to go up... um, Slightly early, we might help because I've got so many like brands that I work with and friends like KMA are going to be there. Great Eastern Effects are there, Ashdown are there, so you know I I might help out a bit setting up at some of those stands. But then we'll uh, we'll 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 go go off (laughs) and get far too drunk
2: for uh, yeah. Show the next morning. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like last year we we did a pretty good job of uh, the getting drunk forever because i think we also went up early and we went to the pub we were in the pub by five or so and yeah. we were just like waiting for everyone else to get there and we we had a solid few hours of drinking before anyone else got there and yeah. to be fair we are legends and champions <laughs> but also oof, oof yeah. it makes makes shows really interesting and and also that you know we'll get breakfast at the place that's in a gym, which is the only vegan food south of, south of Birmingham, oh, yeah. it feels
1: like. It's, it's totally so forgot. Well, it's not even Birmingham anymore. It's Solihull, yeah. which is the middle of nowhere. And yeah. me and JD are both vegan, dear listeners. So tr- trying to find food uh, as soon as you're in a suburb outside of a mm-hmm. city. (laughs) yeah uh, it's always fun yeah Um, but i am i am really looking forward to it i know it's still ages away i'm just getting excited because we booked hotels and stuff like that uh is there are there any brands that you're especially looking forward to checking out on obviously we're not doing an entire rundown of that we want to get on to the main subject but is there anyone you especially want to check out this year
2: yeah um I mean, I think what's what's interesting is so like the, some of the stuff that's caught my eyes, like Sontronics will be there. Like the, it's a microphone company, UK based microphone company. I really like them. They're lovely people. Um, I think it's just interesting that they're there. Right. Um, you know, at a yeah, guitar maybe. show and and I, I have, you know, several of their mics and I like them. Um, also, um, ACS you know, like all the hearing protection stuff, it's a good time to come and get your molds made, you know, so you don't, if you're not going to book something at Boots or that is whatever.
1: Really, that is really true. I'd say that's that's one of, it's almost one of the biggest advantages of, <laughs> of the guitar show is that. It's, those, it's so important, dear listener. It's the sort of thing you really should invest in. I know it, if you if you haven't invested in it yet, it might seem like a weird thing to spend money on like a power supply or yeah, <laughs> you know, something like that. Because you're looking at like whatever it is, 130 quid um, for a set of molded earplugs. But they do show deals when they're there, mm. so it's cheaper to get them at the show you get them done by a professional at the show rather than it being you know it's fine you can go into a, a boots does boots translate to the u.s uh, no uh, no, I, no but you, i
2: mean i imagine no one's from the u.s is coming to the Berlin oh i know University. but where would
1: you would, would, do they have that set up in the US? um
2: yeah it would i mean it would be it would n- not quite as ingrained so it'd be more like a cvs or walgreens but there's there's usually not like you probably wouldn't go get molds done oh, I see. at one of those and then you would just get it done at you know like the the place that's doing your your molds oh, or okay. you know yeah, enough. So.
1: yeah well it's just uh you know it's it's fine going into those boots places but it's really nice to go to, to acs at a stand at a guitar show and actually speak to them like uh we spoke about this last year when we did the rundown of the show but me and jd both went and got molds done and i ended up um speaking to the the guy who actually set up the company he did my molds mm. we, you know we had a, a, a like he turned out to be like a session bass player who used to work for the BBC and played Ashdown amps of all things so yeah um that, you know that was it, so you get to kind of meet the people and you got some weird like sci-fi because i had my molds done traditionally which is where they inject you with polyfiller basically yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then pull it out along with most of the hairs inside your skull but uh you you had some sort of weird sci-fi laser thing yeah, so, injected
2: into your ear. Yeah, so it was a 3D um uh, 3D model of your ear. Uh so it was it was by a company called um Daken Pro Audio. Um no wait, D- Daken Custom Audio, so DCA, sorry. And they they basically i th- i think it's proprietary. I might be wrong about that, but it's um yeah, basically they just did like the 3D image uh in the ear canal of the ear, everything. I didn't have anything actually sort of in in my ear while it was happening so if that's something that you know you're a bit weirded out by it's great but then but then they they have a partnership with acs so i i have my in ears or acs um in ears and i uh, i don't know if anyone here like in the uk is a member of the musicians union but the musician union also has a partnership with acs where you can get discounted um, basically discounted earplugs for them so i think it's it, they're pretty cheap so instead of like 150 or something you're in the, you end up with like uh 50 60 pounds i think wow. for for those so if you're if you're already a member of the musician union um it's worth checking out um which i am and you know uh, probably will should should just get those but i i have my in ears um but it would be nice to have another set of just sort of um take along Whilst I'm watching other bands play, yeah, um, yeah, okay. I have my
1: my set for other bands right here—a little uh, ACS set. If you're watching on YouTube, dear listener, and uh, I, I got like a 15 decibel cut. They come with a little uh, with a little string and a little clip, so you can clip that onto the like the back of your shirt, which is very handy because I used to lose them all the time when I take them out. And then, you know, you you even get to choose the color. I chose black. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, they're, they're really good, and you can choose the decibel amount. I went for 15, which is actually what they recommend for, I think, drummers. But I just found 17, which is 17 decibel cut, which is what they recommend for guitarists. It cuts so much high end because it's not a flat cut mm. that i found i could hear bass really well which was great but if i was ever playing a track where i really needed needed cues from the guitars there was so there was so much less high-end getting through that i just couldn't hear well enough so uh the 15s do really well and uh i still get a nice even spread i can hear the cymbals i can hear the guitars uh, but it gives the bass a little boost, which is quite nice. It's almost like free monitoring without having yeah. in air monitors. For bass players <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> yeah. No, for guitarists, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're done.
2: But for bass. <laughs> yeah, <no. good. laughs> I mean I yeah, I I I think that either it's one of the great things about going to shows that, and it's one of those things for years of going to NAMM and everything. I'd always been like, Oh, I'm going to get my molds done. Cause that, you know, all the companies usually run specials and stuff there too. And then I just never, never got around to it. Um, also just come back to the question, like some of the other, I mean, really I'm, I'm excited to hang out with most of our friends, yeah. um, brands and stuff, so, you know, so like everyone at like, Hampstead and Fidelity, and you know, and James's hometown, and you know, like sort of all the just getting all the gang back together and stuff, as far as like sort of official exhibitors and things like that. There, um, I, I'd also actually, I saw, I think, I saw Fuzz Rocious is there. Do you think? Is really? Ryan, is Ryan coming over?
1: No, they must yeah. be distributed yeah. by someone. Yeah. It must be like a distributor because because I find that the Birmingham show puts down every brand. For yeah. Them. So if <clears throat> audio distribution group are there, yeah, who, who distribute for KMA, for example, but they distribute for like Diamond pedals, for earthquake devices, uh, like loads of pedal brands. And and they'll list every single pedal brand. It doesn't mean they're there. It just means that ADG might have a couple of their pedals yeah. in their
2: booth. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I would say like personally that the stuff. I, I, I mean, also I should. It probably goes without saying. Like you know, I'd love to see Goliath and Thorpey and yes, um, you know, and Redbeard and and sort of all the. All those guys, um, just because they're great, and it's one of the best bits of shows is if you haven't met them, meet them. But also, I mean, for us who uh, know and love them, it's just real fun to be able to like hang out with our buds. Definitely. um goliaths are working
1: on a new um a new really simple overdrive that's kind of bass voiced I, I think yeah in many ways it's it's accidentally a, a similar to the blooms which we're going to talk about mm. in the demo this week which kind of inspired our clones copies replicas and reissues title um but i i think he he was working on his sort of separately and then blooms came out and he was like
2: oh damn it
1: <laughs> i mean have that and that's going to be fun
2: yeah, I, I mean I know that I know there's stuff in the pipeline, but I'm I'm still thinking about that um that DOD that we played in the at the London show that I I think it was such a such a good pedal that I mean that that might be one that I don't know that I can say no twice. Yeah. Unless unless it's definitely like hold up, I I promise you the the version we talked about with all the Tweaks is coming in in a very short, short time frame. And I'll be okay, it's fine, but I might still just get both because they were cheap. cheap. Um, yeah. Also, I'm uh, really excited to maybe try some more Reverend stuff because the booth Reverend had last year was, I mean, they had loads of stuff. And yeah. so that's always. It's always cool. I'm sort of on like a little bit of a Reverend kick again because Michelle and Deggio Cello won a Grammy. Um, <laughs> so I'm a bit like I was like, oh yeah, and then I um, that her her like new album's fantastic anyway. So it's like oh. it's not super bassy necessarily, like certainly compared to like plantation lullabies and stuff. But I was like, oh yeah, I oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll play a Michelle and Deggio Cello Reverend somehow.
3: Yeah there you yeah, go. We'll yeah. see.
1: It's always lovely for Reverend to be there cuz Ken Hass um mm. who's been
2: on the podcast a, uh, a few
1: times is um is coming is is coming over. He always comes over to like all the shows. Um wherever you are dear listener, he's always there. He always seems to make the effort to come to uh, guitar shows in any country which is really cool. I guess sort of testament to the fact that he started life as a uh, um as an on the road uh guitar salesman for 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 brands <laughs> yeah um, so he still puts in all that effort all that FaceTime, and he's such a lovely guy
2: yeah, yeah uh, do you
1: know started. the the last time jd he was on uh guitar nerds he um he he podcasted without headphones with us <laughs> and he yeah. didn't tell me until well he didn't tell me and uh, <laughs> and, and you never notice on a call because it's just like the audio we hear dear listeners is very different <laughs> from you know, what's in a finished, edited podcast. And uh, of course, because he didn't wear headphones, his mic was picking up all of us as well as him. So when I got his audio back, I had echoes of it It was like unusable so i had to go through every sentence that he spoke and then cut it off at the start and the end to silence it the podcast was like an hour and 10 minutes
2: and i had to do that for every. it was like a (laughs) day's work it was uh, Um, it was awful (laughs) but uh, he is lovely (laughs) yeah i mean i there's so many people like at the show that i want to see and i know we're yeah, we we just got excited about talking about the show, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, the other the other things just quickly, again, is like ATB, you know, um, like PMT will be there, like sort of all the all the sort of like shops and stuff. ATB always has really cool stuff. Um, if, real, if you as, like
1: vintage, you know, yeah. wonderful stuff, ATB is so good. I do find them a little overpriced, but then oh, I guess yeah. they're, they're almost uh, as compared to what, like a private seller? Yeah. yeah, I guess they are a little bit. But, you know, it's they have such an incredible range of vintage stuff and rare vintage stuff
2: that it's lovely to see. Were, were they the ones that had that five strings on that we uh, nearly mm, went halves on? No, it screen? wasn't. No, I think, it, I think it, that was PMT or maybe it was Absolute. I think it was fair, absolute. Fair yeah. deal maybe. Fair oh, deal. Fair as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was you know, it was one of it was one of the shops I could actually buy something from. Right. Um, as opposed like ATB is great to look at and, and for me to go, oh neat. I I didn't even know that there's a nineteen thirty four version of that. Huh. That's yeah. cool. You know, whereas whereas like everyone else is like, ooh, yeah, oh, sorry, we didn't Yeah. I, I am really excited about sort of seeing what what secondhand guitars and stuff like some of the shops bring because it's i don't know i I think i'm really jonesing for uh a specter specifically a euro you uh, put an offer in one last
1: time i did i said the first time where we we (laughs) spent ages dear listener on the last one talking about specter and i think it talked you into actually putting in an Uh, offer on a Euro.
2: The thing is like this, this show just does that, you know, like the amount where I'm like, no, it's fine. I've got so much other stuff happening in my life right now. And I definitely don't need this. And then we talk about it. I'm like, oh, you know, I just want that thing more. And I feel like every time I'm on this show, I end up with way more than <laughs> like way more stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I do need I, I do need some sort of you know like amp top euro rack reverb unit so <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh well that that actually segues quite nicely into what we wanted to talk about our main topic for this week dear listener clones copies replicas and reissues um and uh i thought this week we'd talk about some of our favorite copies some of our favorite effects pedals that have been copies and reissues uh guitars things like that so uh you know i'm thinking companies like warm audio greco um you know, even JHS. And of course, Mm. the the demo this week, our little sound sample for this week is going to be the Earthquaker Devices Blooms, which is very much a tube screamer. So we'll talk a bit about tube screamers as we come into it. But I guess the thing that inspired this was Behringer's new announcement because Behringer have done a great job of over the last few years, not only making those very, very affordable little plastic pedals that are always pretty good rough approximations normally of boss pedals, um you know for for like 20 quid and they break they don't last but certainly if you're if you're just playing at home you can't really fault the stuff it's it's fine for what it, for what it is but in recent years they've started making great vintage like reissues heavily inspired by vintage gear that has become so expensive it's very difficult for the average person to pick it up like we were talking about the uh the mutron octave divider which uh which you have jd you think yeah. it's one of the that's that's the best octave pedal in the world but it goes for like 500 quid plus right
2: yeah yeah it's it's easily 500 quid and i think most of the ones i've seen now have been closer to eight you know at, at which oh. point you oh. you're re- you're really speaking you know about like oh i could easily get a really good guitar for this price. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. a Boss OC two, like the old eighties mm. OC two, still only go for a hundred and fifty
1: pounds. Yeah, you no, know? and that that I I feel like they get spoken about in the same breath. Like the big ones for me in the octave, like sub octave world, so the octave divider, the
2: Boss OC two, and probably the Dod
1: Meatbox, the original one.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, the the Meatbox is such a weird a weird one for me that it's that it got. Uh, a cult following uh-huh. for being as good yeah, in the sense that we, I think we both almost bought one at the show last year and yeah. you know, like the reissue, but I was like, why, why would I do this? I remember when it came out and I was like, don't really need this. Do I, you know, I mean, which has never stopped me <laughs> before. So, I mean, let's face it, but anyway, how is It's that's that uh, anyway, that this is my own little thought process of being like, that's such a weird pedal to be so expensive. Yeah, yeah, the
1: meatbox is fantastic, but I find like it's great. It's too much. Like there's yeah. so much. Yeah. So everyone I know who has ones, like, yeah, it's you know, it's it's the pedal that sound guys hate, and I'm like, yeah, it it is. Yeah, like things like the octave divider and the OC two, they're like the usable versions of what the meatbox is. But
2: yeah, it, yeah, it's like it's just all the sub stuff that you can't you can't actually hear. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that 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 was the design spec was just like just ruined speakers yeah and like bowels you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly but anyway so
1: i wanted to talk about this thing the new thing that behringer have put out which is their spring reverberation 636 i can't at all remember what you said jd yeah it's
2: it's a well yeah it's a it's a grampian 636 right so you know i mean no you know about as Trixie naming wise as you know all the all plug in like amp models when yeah. it's like oh I didn't know that this was a, a citrus terror <laughs> you know like what could that be <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely
1: Guitar Nerd is sponsored by Stringjoy Guitar Strings the world's first true guitar string custom shop the thing that I love most about Stringjoy is just their attention to detail their dedication to making their strings the best in the world And that's a a labour-intensive task that they don't shy away from. Stringjoy are also innovative. They're always looking for new ways to make strings better. As guitar players, we've become so used to all the shortfalls of commercially available strings that we stopped even looking for them to be better, last longer, intonate well, easily. Stringjoy bring all of that to every pack of strings they make, and they're available almost as readily as any other generically made guitar string. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. The sheriff instead of <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's good. But, um, but yeah, this is, it's great. It's like a, it's in Eurorack format. So it's a real reverb unit, a real spring reverb, dear listener. Perfect. If you have a wonderful sounding amplifier that doesn't have reverb, this will sit gorgeously on the top of your amp in that lovely sort of angle of, uh, of Eurorack gear with, Wood paneling, dark wood paneling on the sides, a gorgeous brushed aluminium front, simple control. I mean, it's huge, but simple controls, just three rotary knobs and an overload, a big red overload button, as well as you've got a couple of patch inputs there as well. This is incredibly cool, a real spring reverb unit. It's 175 British pounds. You know, it's it's probably less than that in, in dollars, and... uh well, yeah, like why wouldn't you get this? Well, unless yeah. you have a good reverb on your amp, but
2: yeah, or you know, do you only use pedals, or <laughs> sure. you don't? You don't like eighth of an inch mini jack plug, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, but I, I mean, the thing this I think this this unit for me is really you know because I've spoken before about like I have a a bit of like um, distrust, quasi disdain for like a lot of Behringer stuff, but that has that's traditionally because. It always felt like the, basically they they make something that looks like something else. So they, they you know you take something that's already in existence, re you know repackage it and and sort of like basically it's like trade dress versus like trademarks and stuff like that. So, you know, just you make something look like something else specifically so that people go, oh, clearly that's that thing. I'm just gonna buy that. And then the guts are totally different and it's just like a rough approximation. This being like a real reverb unit, like real spring reverb unit, and have it, you know, like a mechanical reverb it for that price is it's a no-brainer. It looks great. I'm really I'm really stoked for it. And I hope it's you know maybe it's a bit of like a a turn company-wise because you know I mean Behringer exists to to make low-cost products like that and fill that fill that niche like that and I'm thrilled for it it's but it's I think yeah and we'll talk about probably talk about this but I always have a bit it's always a bit like murky for me like when like with clones and recreations and sort of like reissues or stuff it's like if i don't know it it feels a bit like when you see like ramon shirts at a at a posh shop right yeah, you know yeah. like some some designer some designer version of a nirvana shirt now and you're like sure well is that but is that what it's meant to be you know <laughs> so right. yeah but
1: it's
3: fine yeah yeah
1: i i get that um maybe may be right i i guess uh, i've never <laughs> thought about it uh like that before we didn't even We're, discuss it like this when yeah, we, no, when we did it before but it's it's a really good point is is almost that this is an actual spring reverb unit it's a proper pet because i understand i don't know if their version of the octave divider is it just a digital octave I, rather than a rather than the proper analog circuit
2: i i would need to look it up again but i'm pretty sure that yes that's it like it that it's it's, it's it just in, looks in, like the pedal it, it doesn't it, sound like it yeah oh and you know or it sounds like it but it's i mean cuz the thing the thing about that pedal is and for me why it's such a revered pedal is it's very analogy but the also the the tone uh, octave down that it produces to me just sounds like a musical tone as opposed to like the OC2 which is a bit synthy and does a different thing yeah um yeah so i i and to be fair i haven't actually played The Behringer one, but it's just, you know, it's my knee jerk reaction and, you know, and stuff. But the difference, another difference for me, though, too, is that with like with this unit, it's a unit I hadn't heard of. And it's a unit from a company that doesn't exist and make these anymore. Whereas like Mutron still exists, like and they still have their version of that pedal at the same time. Like you could. So it's it's not like, oh, this it's like uncovering an archive it's yeah so where this feels like oh here's here's a piece of gear that i would love to have but there's only 2000 of them in the world and they're 70 years old and who knows what state they're in so sure. yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah, i mean also you know mo- moving off of berenger mootron are a company that um that get copied uh, a lot, mm. because I think when we talk about copies, other than like real, you know, borderline court case copies, like just mm-hmm. what yeah. Behringer do, um, Warm Audio are the other brand that have really stepped up to the plate for doing that sort of thing, because they also do their Mutation Phaser Two, which is their Mutron version of the of the the three knob version of the optical mm-hmm. phase shifter. Um, but they're making the whole idea with warm audio is they're making things from the ground up to be like the old, uh, you mm. know, the, 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 things that are inspired by them.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Cause they, they're doing like recreation. So like taking the same circuit with the same, uh, close to the same components and making them because a lot of the, a lot of the price of the mutron those old mutrons now is that one, the cases are amazing. And they they're just cool and vibey, but they're also, you know, forty five, fifty years old in a lot of cases. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, and you know, I know we talked about it a bit. I have the the current version uh, of the phaser that Mutron that Mutron makes, or so the Mutron Phaser Two. Yeah, same name.
0: Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
3: That's stamps.com. Code Program. And that's on
2: my board at rehearsal. Uh it's it's great. I think you'd really dig it in that it's it's one of those phasers that for me, it's a bit much. Um which i think i think broadly a lot of phasers are cuz you know we did talk about this probably in way too much detail <laughs> but but like i like what i really like with modulation is is sort of a bit of shimmer and width and movement up high and right. where and that works really well on a lot of phasers but what happens too is that to get the depth right that gets so big and boomy in the low end like when it sweeps down that that far, that it's it just I haven't found the right use case for it for it yet, and um, it's really good. But these, yeah, like the the Mutron phasers were always of all the Mutron pedals, were always the ones you could sort of semi reasonably get affordably, right? Um, what does affordably mean? when Well,
1: about vintage pedals,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, up and up until probably. Probably up until like lockdowns, when everything just exploded price wise, um, it you used to be able to get them for. I, I would routinely see them for like one seven five, really two two five US. Um, whereas now, I think you'd you'd be lucky to get one under two fifty pounds, and more than likely, you're looking at three hundred up, which is I think certainly a bit much for a phaser for me. Uh, right. Yeah. But but that sort of, you know, the prices you would see of the the envelope, which is sort of the classic Mutron, was like three something always. And I used to have their their wah uh, volume wah pedal, uh, which was great, but was also ma- all these all the all their pedals are absolutely massive, like pedal board layout destroyers. But <laughs> super super cool and vibey, and I love everything about them. You know, right. yeah. and and so, like for warm audio, I think I think the warm audio one is roughly the same size, if not a bit smaller. I, it but, looks eh. like it could be smaller. I mean, I I don't have a picture
1: of it in context. I'm just looking at it on on their website, but it's got you know the two screws that are next to it. Yeah, like, like I'm kind of using that for context. The <laughs> yeah. size of the foot switch. It's definitely bigger. The, but I don't know if it's as big as a... Uh, I think they've maybe yeah. downsized it slightly. Yeah, but it does of- look great. And $149 MSRP, which is, I think, a very aggressive... Pre- but warm audio pedals actually aren't expensive.
2: No. Oh, I and mean, I, mean, I think for me, too, like, warm audio coming out with this pedal and the their version of the OCD, the ODD, um, which I thought was brilliant because they did that right as they announced they were winding down. Yeah. Like when, you know, full tone stuff.
1: Yeah. And full um, tone are going to be back now as yeah, well. So I don't so, know what they're going to do.
2: Yeah. So it's a bit like, whoops. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are, there are several like of those OCD clones out there as well. Like fuzz rocious does a really, a gr- uh, really good one. Yeah. It doesn't um, do it with the actual font. Oh, well, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's thing is these, these very much look exactly the same, but it was it, honestly, it was when warm audio came out with this pedal that made me really start to rethink my, position on sort of the, the Behringer side of things right. with, because I was like, why am I okay with warm audio doing this and not Behringer? Um, and that's a conversation that we can have uh, in person and <laughs> over beers at the guitar show. But it's, I mean, it's just like one of those things where I was like, Oh, it, it, it it's all my hangups. And I think it partially it's because warm audio came from the studio like most of their gear were, was clones of studio stuff yeah which is phones and things like that yeah, yeah and and like and some studio preamps and and all of that stuff which i was like oh these are really good and you know you can get like a decent you know like fat condenser mic for yeah, you can get an la2a
1: yeah. compressor for a few hundred quid instead of you know a few yeah. thousand pounds
2: and yeah and i and and i was kind of thinking oh that's like yeah, like what is it? And I think you know the the key thing for me is that they're doing a recreation of the pedal, not a pedal that looks like a pedal, right? You know, and yeah. and like that. But that being said, you know, so yeah, and it it's also a bit weird because it's you know like Mo- like Mutron doesn't currently make the. Um, the three knob version of the phaser. Cause the, the one I have is like, it's in this style housing. This is the octave divider. Um, if you're watching a video, but it's, um, they're it's, in the, It's the, more a standard chassis. Isn't yeah. It? It's like the standard chassis, but it's got the, it, like they all have the double switches, which I do not like pedal builders. Um, because it is incredibly difficult to gig with these. Um, I find cause, two foot switches next to each other and so you have to have like a giant tall button for the on and off yeah Um,
1: i i think i spoke about this maybe even on last week's podcast with matt it's mm. one of the things that constantly keeps um the the jhs uh I can't remember what they call it, the King Penguin? I can't remember no, what they The Emperor. Barato, the Emperor, yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's what keeps it off my board. I love the sound of that pedal. It's, it's, yeah. it's an absolutely fantastic vibrato chorus, but it's in a single format, and it has the tap tempo right next to the on-off button and i tend to have like my vibrato separate from my switcher so i could just sort of you know turn yeah. it on and off with with any patch and uh i'm like well i can't use this cuz i'm going to activate the tap tempo every time i turn it on and off like and it's just those things so many of those jhs pedals that are like that they're just designed for bedroom players like they're not yeah. there's no practical application here because if you actually on a stage moving around and have to just slam your foot on something you can't with single space foot pedals with two buttons. But
2: yeah, that's my Yeah,
1: I mean my whining about it. I,
2: I mean the same. So unless unless yeah, anyone who takes more than three steps during a set, you know, sort of needs you know, because like John Entwistle never moved. You know, and so like maybe maybe he'd be fine with it. But also he's a big guy. He probably he probably wouldn't. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Pointy shoes, though. Pointy oh yeah, our like Defo the, pointy shoes. Yeah, the benefit of pointy shoes there. Like six Six Nations style, you know. Like <laughs> you, you see that that image that always goes around anytime the rugby's on, where it's like it's just like a bunch of dudes standing around in um, like bootcut jeans with their brown. Yeah, all yeah. of oh, oh. oh, a it's it's the p- pumpkin spice latte for dudes. You yeah, know, here, yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah, it is indeed. Now, I wanted to talk about uh, another uh, type of pedal, which I think is probably the most copied and cloned effects pedal. So we were talking like, pedals that get copied. Obviously, the clon. There are tons of clons from, you know, the uh, Electro Harmonix Soul Food to the Warm Audio. uh, What did they call their one? The uh the Mm. centavo um which mark is Kadawaki swears by podcast listener mark he uh even sold his real um clone for this one because he he thinks it sounds you know at least equally as good but anyway so uh you know clones always clone clones always there um big muffs there are uh, you know umpteen big muff clones from the jhs Muffaletta to uh, the kma machine's <laughs>
2: chief disruptor and what's the other one that you use Jay? Uh, the thorpy fallout uh, the um, thorpy fallout uh, yeah which I, is I, I, a great muffle. It, it is it it's to me it's literally the epitome of like what a muff can be and so right. it's just a bit like well everything else is what i don't mind having beer spilled on <laughs> yeah Yeah. and and kind of joining those
1: uh certainly last year i feel like last year was a big year for it It was the year of of the rat as we all said was Mm. the yeah the proco rat everyone started making copies of the proco rat um and i feel like those are the big ones they're the ones that always get copied but the one that seems to get copied more than anything else i think is the tube screamer um Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Isotope and Native Instruments, two companies who provide the bulk of the recording and editing tools used by Guitar Nerds. If you have a home studio or if you're thinking about getting into demo recording from home, then Isotope and Native Instruments provide the tools that you need to make premium quality recordings with ease and with virtually no equipment other than your guitar and laptop. Isotope make all the voice editing and audio repair tools that I use for the podcast each week and Native Instruments guitar rig 7 is one of the best, most comprehensive collections of virtual effects and guitar amplifiers available anywhere. Use discount code NERDS10 on any product in the Isotope and Native Instruments catalog for 10% off their fantastic range of tools. Everyone's got an iteration of this tube scream out, and that's I think probably because it's the most usable overdrive, just a slightly mid bumped low gain overdrive you know metal guys use it because it running into high gain amps you don't want a high gain pedal you just want something that's pushing a little bit more giving a little bit it's great for blues guys because into a clean amp it gives you that sort of edge of breakup tone um, and it's the sort of like a mid-pushed drive is the sort of drive that a bass player wants a lot of the time i mean often bass players want scoop stuff now if you're not in metal bands then you probably want a yeah. little bit of a bump on your uh, on your overdrive and whilst you can't use a a tube screamer a traditional tube screamer because it doesn't have the the broadness of eq you can use something like the earthquake devices blooms which is the pedal we're going to talk about for this week's sound sample and the blooms from Earthquaker Devices was originally supposed to be just like a limited edition one-off for one of their retailers. I don't know who they did. Jamie Stillman mentioned it in a video, but he didn't say which retailer. But then after they passed it around Earthquaker Devices shop, um, where offices, uh, everyone liked it so much they decided to make it a permanent edition. And the reason... Now, this is a bass-voiced version of the plume, so a bass-voiced tube screen. The reason they've done a bass-voiced one is because the plumes, the normal one, the guitar one, was so popular for bass players. Anyway, bass players loved the plumes because it was great, it was simple, and it was actually kind of full range. But what they've done with the blooms is just make it a little bit of a broader uh, uh, frequency spectrum. So great as well if, you're, uh, if you down-tune a lot. As a guitar player, if you're a baritone player, bass, six players, things like that, but it is just a fantastic sounding, very simple tube screamer with three modes, um, and and no clean blend, in incidentally, which mm. isn't isn't always an essential for for a bass overdrive. I think that gets uh, everyone seems to think that you need a a clean dry a clean blend, um, but if the pedal's voiced correctly for this sort of thing in the first place, it's going to sound great
2: anyway. Yeah. I certainly if you're certainly when we're talking about using it as like a boost or sort of an always on, it's not it's not really, you know, it's not really if you're not using as a drive. Yeah, you certainly don't need a clean blend. I also just a plug for uh, makers out there. I think clean blends are great and I do love them. They're not the be all end all. I if I had my my preference, it would always just be sort of a crossover more so than. A clean blend um you know just to choose where that frequency was being boosted yeah yeah or or just sort of yeah well well that and so like with certainly with like the tube screamer thing if there was a place where i could if the the mid was on a scale where i can i could you know adjust where where the midpoint is that would be that would be lovely and again, I'm sure there's 5,000 variants of a tube screamer that do this. But like of a tube screamer, that's what I want is like, where where is the mid? Where is this sort of hump? Um, ideally, how big is the Q? Um, but then also, um, but just like a crossover so that I could say only apply the distorted signal or whatever affected signal above a certain point or right. below a certain point, maybe even so.
1: Now, um, one of
2: the things we spoke
1: about on the original recording of this was the Tube Screamer that you used, which oh, yeah. I heard very, very little of ahead of last night. Like, yeah. I was aware when it came out a few years ago, but it really didn't. Um, it wasn't something I especially got into. It was the uh, the one that
2: um, Ibanez did with Korg. Well, I well they did it with NewTube, which is, I think, Korg owns now. So it's right. the, the, the Tube Screamer, like, NewTube. What is it actually called? new new tube screamer in you like a uh, cool metal um but new tube is a is Hold a it solid can up
1: a little bit that's out of shot
2: just for oh, yeah. the
1: people there you go oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah great sorry 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 um yeah but then new tube is is basically like a solid state um a, a solid state network that goes instead of instead of a valve um, so it's not actually valve and Korg corg put a lot of these they came out with a a range of sense when they first sort of, I think, I think this is true, like acquired new tube, like the technology so that right. they put a, a lot of stuff in, uh, the, in their sense. So they actually had ostensibly valve front ends in their synthesizers without actually having a valve front end and, an already, already delicate thing. But this, um, this two screamer is great. Cause it's also got like a clean, uh, it's got a clean blend on it. But in an interesting position, so I looked at the schematic uh, since we did this. So this is, is better information for everybody <laughs> in that um, the, the mix for the clean and overdrive comes after the drive section, um, sort of before. Sort of, so there's like there well there's sort of like an initial gain stage and then it splits the signal. So it runs in parallel and then goes into uh, clean and overdrive and then sort of comes back with your your tone stack and everything like that. So it's all sort of, um, yeah, obviously it's a really interesting path. So it's like, it's, so it's not like the clean, clean blends that sort of start at the input where you have two, two perfect parallel signals. This one has stuff on done to it. The other one doesn't have anything and you just combine them at the end. It's sort of, has like an initial stage, then splits out, then comes back, and then you kind of do that. So that's, oh, that's really pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and and do you find uh, like
1: uh, so it's obviously better voiced for bass, but um, does it still sound enough
2: like a tube screamer?
1: Like because uh, it seems like there's a lot of different stuff going on.
2: Yeah, on yeah. I mean it's the thing is I, f- I feel like a lot of it is just like it's it just feels like a sort of a posh tube screamer. Like this this one isn't necessarily bass voiced. It's just um, no, just, I yeah, guess the I do, clean yeah. blend helps, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, a, yeah, it's, just a, it, it's a bit more open. The other thing is this is, it also has, it can also run at nine or 18 volts. So oh, cool. certainly at 18, I like it better um, in that it just has a bit more headroom and stuff, which is what I tend to find on base with when I use tube screamers um, that aren't really sort of like a bog standard two screamers that aren't thought about for bass that they always just feel a bit muffled to me like it it feels a bit a bit like a blanket on the tone it's you know which can be nice and can work sometimes but it's that's usually not not what i'm going for so yeah i there i sort of uh i love tube screamers i just never actually use them for anything
1: <laughs> so. well i noticed that the new tube one goes for like for not a lot of money like yeah I, think I was seeing them go for like one uh 120 something like that like 100 quid yeah. 120 quid something like that
2: i mean i think those are pretty good prices on those because i think i i've certainly seen seen them at like two. Oh really oh, yeah so I've remembered that wrong well no i mean i i, I think that's probably right because i think it's there are also ones where um I I think it's my favorite Tube Screamer, right? but they also, you know, if you're going to have a Tube Screamer, you sort of want the green box, you know, and you sort of want like, oh, (laughs) like this, this is a Tube Screamer. Like this doesn't feel like a Tube Screamer. It feels just like, like one of those weird Ibanez pedals. Like when they, they'll they'll do those like magical pedals of, well, this is great as a totally one-off sort of thing. And if it wasn't called Tube Screamer, I bet it'd be like a secret like sort of a secret weapon pedal but because it's a Tube Screamer it's like well it's not really a you know it doesn't really have the uh new old stock chip of the TS blah 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 you know like it's got that sort of like comic book geek um yeah bias yeah. against it so yeah,
1: yeah i see yeah the it looks like um they they actually do go for around 200 there's one for 140 pounds at the moment um but it looks like normally they do go for a couple of hundred yeah. quid. Yeah,
2: I mean, I am trying to buy a Spectre. So if anyone, if anyone's <laughs> in the market for a new tube, just uh, hit me up. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, anyway, uh, coming back to the uh, coming back to the earthquake Advices blooms. I I really liked this pedal. Um, we're going to play the sound sample now, so you can hear what it sounds like. I have demoed it on bass, obviously, because it is a bass pedal, dear listener. So as I say, really simple level master tone stack, which is. You know, doesn't really do much, and uh, and the gain stage, which uh, has a really broad frequency spectrum, then it has three modes, three different clipping modes, which were great because in the middle, it's it's wide open, really great for sort of low gain preamp stuff. But then in either of the other modes, one or three, um, the gain stage is. Much more increased, so you can get some really nice fuzzy tones, uh, which is kind of cool. Like a, pretty versatile. If you were just using this in a studio and you wanted both of those sounds, you can just do it with the flick of a switch and a slight adjust of your gain knob, which was great. I played this demo in with a 1969 Precision Bass, um, and I was running it into a um, I, oh, I was running it into a Sansamp VT preamp pedal which was voiced around the, uh, is it VB4 or v 4 B? 4 V4, whatever. The, uh, I've, ad- I've,
2: I think v, VB4 was in rise of skywalker or is that no no That's like, wow,
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks slightly <laughs> post b15 uh, <laughs> sort of tone um but anyway this is this is the blooms this is what it sounds like i run the first half of this demo using it in a sort of cranked ampeg style way just like a bit pre-ampy a little bit again then the second half a bit more fuzzy the earthquake devices mm. blooms it's like a hundred pounds this pedal earthquake mm. devices do a great job of that like being like here's this incredible super boutique wicked pedal lovingly built and it's no money at all
2: yeah cool. i mean i, I love earthquake They they always make great stuff they're they're really good people um i had was at had a Nam booth across from them one year and it was just it's a lot of fun good peeps um jamie stewen is a really nice guy yeah and, uh, i i love a good I love bass the,
3: player.
2: yeah yeah and um i love the idea of being able to like actually go into shops and get something as good as an earthquake or pedal too yeah so
1: yeah, they did. You know, we've spoken about it a bunch, but they were kind of. I do think of them as being like. Up, it was them and JHS that were the two mm. boutique companies that suddenly became absolutely massive. Um, <clears throat> JHS, uh, you know, have done, I guess, a, a, a better job of uh, of dominating the internet. Um, but Earthquaker Devices, for me, have always made better pedals not that you compare them to JHS I think yeah. JHS do a great job but seeing as you know the seeing as the title of this episode is clones copies replicas and reissues JHS certainly basically more often than not are trying to recreate um you know I- I existing things old things trying to bring very expensive things to the masses in a jhs format they never emulate them visually but certainly sonically yeah that's almost always what josh is trying to do whereas um earthquake advices are often trying to create something new i appreciate what i'm saying that whilst talking about a a tube screamer copy but they do loads of interesting things as well, like the Astral Destiny, um, the uh, the space spiral, uh the the data corrupter, you know, the, the yeah. rainbow machine. They're always yeah. trying to like here's some stuff that no one's ever
2: done before. Um and yeah, I, I love them for that as a yeah. as a company. Yeah, I think they're great. Also, just to the sound sample, I I certainly the the first part was my favorite. Um, bass tone. But what's really interesting is I is because from when I heard it yesterday, I have uh different headphones on that have more trouble in them, and it's just and it was it was a bit um. It's just interesting hearing hearing the like slight difference on like how you you listen back to things. But I I think it's such a good it's such a good usable tone. You know, like and that's that's a pedal that would work for. Really anything, as you said before, like anything, anything that certainly has extended low frequencies. So if you're on, you know, seven string guitar or just detuned or any of that, like it, it feels really, really good and usable. It sounds like a great bass tone that would sit in loads of different styles. Like yeah. if you're going to have like a bass overdrive, something like that, if not the, if not the blooms is, is is great that's that's kind of it i think i
1: spend the most money on overdrives yeah. and i'm so fussy with them And i'm always getting something new and and trying to find something new and looking for that tone and it's the sort of thing that i look to brands that are making like you know 300 pound overdrives mm. with all these features i'm like yeah maybe that's the solution and then you get something like this which is at the very affordable end of of effects pedals now looking at 100 pound pedal and
2: it, it's i'm like I, I'm not sure what else I could possibly want. It Ooh. sounds very, very good. Yeah. And it, and like everything else is like such diminishing returns. I mean, think about like when the Soul Food came out yeah. and how we were all just completely blown away by how good that pedal is. And it's, For it's no money. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, no money either. And the only time I see them used, I'm always just wanting to be like, this is someone who just didn't think this pedal did enough. Right. You know, like it, it was, and you know, it was just like, It's like, well, it doesn't change my sound totally. Or like, I can't play deftones with it. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't, but also the earth's round. So it's (laughs) fine.
1: (laughs) Yes, quite. Um, Now we are coming to the end of this week's podcast now, JD. So uh, me and JD are going to head over to Patreon, dear listener, patreon.com forward slash uh guitar nerds you can check out the patreon page to learn how you can become a member you get an an extra episode every week as well as access to a back catalog and a back catalog of years and years i've no idea how much is on there now way over 500 episodes tons and tons Mm -hmm. of stuff is there um but uh before i do i we i want to thank all of our our top tier our 10 dollars tier patreon supporters because they're the best um, so, thank you very much to Nicholas Strom, to Rocket Rob Patterson, to Phil Sadler, Marcus Deluxe, Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Rob Witherden, Anton Fryant, Barry Gresbick, Steve Davis, John Conway, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Dan Pilver, Brian Einsler. Dylan Griffiths, Mark Hizau-Kadawaki, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Chris Franklin, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Rodomsky, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dorr, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Osif, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia The Band... Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and of course, Moog Gravit. You're all absolutely wonderful people. I also saw JD that Carl mm-hmm. Harris got a, a new guitar uh, this week. Did do you see that? I think I saw yeah. Yeah. With that. It yeah,
2: was, uh, yeah. Oh, it's good.
1: It's it, good. It's, uh, the, it's it was a
2: Les Paul, dear listener. But it's um, uh,
1: what is the name of the color? Is it Cardinal Red? I don't I, know what I, that red I is think, called.
2: I think that sounds right. I was gonna go look real quick, but yeah. I mean let's just let's just go with cardinal red. It's fine. I, I think it's sorry
1: if I'm wrong, Carl Harris. I love that colour. That is my favorite Gibson colour. Like a it's almost like a post box red. Like it's a really mm. like a functional um I don't know, sort of working man's red. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a it's a good colour, but uh I, I really liked it. I think it's a great it's it's a great yeah.
2: Yeah, c- congrats! Very, very excited <laughs> for you. I mean, genuinely, are uh, that's very good. Everyone else, share your stuff. Share, yeah. Share what kind stuff you? have
1: you got? Lots of people. We're going to go talk. Well, we, we, well, we'll see. We're going to head over to the Patreon episode now. But it's really interesting to see on the Facebook group that um, that uh, what people have been buying for the start of this year. We've seen HX ones, IR twos, katanas, and ES eights have been the stuff people have been posting recently. Mm.
3: So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Do, uh,
1: do let us know, dear listener, what new stuff you're getting for 2024. Um, we're going to head over onto the Patreon now. So, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Thank Goodbye.